You're listening to 203040, the podcast where we share, celebrate, and debate the opinions of three different generations of moviegoers. Welcome back, listeners. Uh, with me again today are my favorite friends, Josh and Ryan. What up? Hey. Hey. So today we are going to be diving into some Danny McBride, specifically focusing on the Righteous Gemstones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which apparently Josh is not a super fan of, but mm-hmm. uh, Ryan and I are. So um, why don't we why don't we start, Ryan? Uh-huh. Why do you like this show so much? Like, what <laughs> draws you in? Why Why are you obsessed? Um, I think uh, how do I put this? The uh, I think the big hook for me was that I was a kid who grew up in the 80s. And in the 80s, you guys know who Jimmy Baker and Jimmy Swaggart are? They were the big two televangelists that were all over everything uh, uh, on TV. And the, uh, like, I don't, both of these guys got in themselves wrapped up in sex scandals um, in the 80s. And that is very much what this uh, family is based off of. But I couldn't believe how well they pulled this off to the point where when I was a kid, I would sit in the, in the, in the uh, supermarket line with my mom and look at all the, uh, the, uh, the magazine, the, the, the National Enquirer and all the, uh, the tabloids. And it was always like Jimmy Baker's wife, Tammy <laughs> Lynn Baker, who was always crying on because her husband was such a scumball. Um, that uh, it was just permanently ingrained into every kid from the 80s minds was uh, these two families and the corruption and the, and the uh, yeah, everything that they, that didn't seem godly, that didn't seem godlike was uh, our interpretation of it. So when this show came out, I was blown away at, at how it took me back to those, to those feelings. That's awesome. Mm. I, I guess I didn't even realize that it was sort of loosely based on uh, a real life situation like that. Oh, oh by the way, I, I did absolutely no research on that, but I could. Uh, but that, I'm just guessing that that is absolutely what they're going for. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Good, good, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You're you're a fan, but not a super fan. So tell us about yeah. that. Yeah, I'd say I'm a I'm a regular fan. You know, I, I watched the whole uh, season, and I, I will tune in for the next one to see how it is. But I'm kind of like thinking. If the first episode doesn't grab me of the second season, I'm not sure how much more motivated I'll be. And again, I did enjoy it. It's very funny. But uh, it just, for me, it kind of lost its steam because it started so powerful. I thought that pilot was brilliant. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I just thought about halfway through or 75% of the way through the season, it kind of just fell off the rails for me. What do you it just think left was- me disappointed, I guess. Where do you feel like was that turning point where it started to go off the rails? Uh, I, I guess it's when, <laughs> when uh, I forget his name, but he's the, the guy who, in the devil mask. Keith? You know, he, oh, no, no, no. Scott, the, Scotty? Yeah, Scotty. Scotty, yeah, and he's with Gideon and everything. Mm-hmm. Once, once he kind of lost his threatening... I don't know. Like the, he just became less threatening, I guess, over the course of the season, and my interest died down with that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the uh, his his uh, his character definitely shifts from being this real menacing character to almost like this 
Yeah, it's a, it, it does become almost a, a comedic uh, character more so than a threat. But I mean, he still has he still is in a position where he could really do some damage to the uh, reputation and family of our, uh, you know, our protagonist, um, uh, Jesse. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I, I get that. I understand where the where he kind of loses that. Uh, what do yeah, you think, but- Sarah? Yeah, I, I guess I could see that. Um, uh, like, as much as it was sort of annoying for his character to... It felt like it was beating a dead horse a little bit, but at the same time, it was, like you said, it was comedic to the point that when he died, I was so, so excited. I'm like, hell yeah, like screamed yeah. out loud. <laughs> like, oh, thank God, okay. Although I'd be curious to see what the story would have been like had... Um, that shift happened earlier in lieu of this like dragging it out thing in that um baby billy and what's her name tiffany tiffany with the teeth yeah uh, <laughs> had they gotten a hold of that money earlier on in this season i think that could have been an interesting dynamic because it did feel a bit rushed with that situation of just like one showdown and then it's done but i don't know yeah i i I will say that I mean, hey, I, I really, I really did enjoy all of it. But uh, what was there was nine? Was there nine episodes? I think so. It, it I mean, it, I mean, if you're, if you want to bitch, it, it, it probably could have been wrapped up in, sure, six, seven, maybe. But I think that that's they what also, I was thinking. But I also think that, um, you know, that's the thing is as a show creator right is it that they also are trying to throw in these other storylines they're going to carry it on to the next season yeah and um i think that that's kind of what we were getting there in those last couple episodes on top of you know com- you know finishing uh the uh the storylines of the first season i think they're trying to weave you into the second season which you know that's gonna be a good or a bad thing but i think mm-hmm. that's with some of the stalling, some of the holdups were, or, yeah. or why it seemed a little lengthy. I, I'm glad, though, that it was nine episodes, and I, I wish that it was actually more, because I just could not get enough of each of the characters, and I love how they're all, I mean, they're all shitheads and similar, but they're all so different. Like, Judy, <laughs> her character is so ridiculous, oh and it just got worse and worse and worse, and by that, I mean, like, more entertaining that is one thing, Sarah, is that I think with those extra, I think there was two things that I really got out of those, even though it seemed a little long, is that Judy's character really starts to develop in those yeah. la- in those last couple episodes, as does Baby Billy's. Oh, yeah. yeah. It and does take a shift. It sure does. And whether that's going to be, whether that's more setting up for the next season or not, I don't know. But it made me really understand. By the end of it, man, I really felt bad. I felt, I felt the worst for baby Billy than all of the other characters by the end of the season. I was just really? like, oh, man, I, I sympathized. <laughs> I mean, I, I really did. I, I felt bad for that guy. Mm. But every, everything that happens to him in his life, he turns into money. I mean, I was not surprised by the church he was running at the end. What was it? The electric <laughs> priest or I forget something like that. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, well, Josh, who's, who's your favorite in the show? <laughs> Ooh, that is a tough one um, because, you know, they are so well-written, all these characters. I, I really do just like, uh, I love Danny McBride's portrayal 
uh, in this. He, he's just like all around always a great actor, you know, and um, he kind of sells it for me. It's weird because mm-hmm. I thought I was going to like John Goodman's performance the most. Mm-hmm. And I, I do really like John Goodman, but I kind of just felt like he was really tired while filming this. Yeah. Like, well, it, I think it also works with the character, though. Yeah, absolutely. No, no, but even in the flashbacks, that's that's where I noticed it. Uh, uh, when when it was a flashback with him and his wife, he was just as tired then as he was, you yeah. know, like thirty years down the line, uh, as, I, as an old man. I, I think I was too busy sitting there, being like, "Wow, do they have this uh, this wig and this soft lighting going on, uh, John Goodman right now, pretending he's thirty years younger?" <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> But it, but you know what? It, it's it works. It works for me. You know, it, it, it that kind of stuff in comedies still works for. I mean, it's for me at least. But um, I, I I see what you're saying though, Josh. I I, I can kind of get that. A little yeah, bit. I guess I guess I'm I'm not like I wasn't thinking that it was a planned thing. You know, I, I was just thinking that maybe it was him uh, petering out a little bit. Yeah, yeah, the uh, <laughs> the. I mean, there's so many great characters in this, in this uh, cast that, but uh, and Josh and I had talked about this before, but the, um, I think that the one guy that steals every scene he's in is Keith. Oh hell yeah, he's my favorite. It's I like love he. Him so much. It's he's like awesome. <laughs> and the thing is, uh, I didn't, I really didn't recognize that. Guy. I guess he 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 played uh, Ozzy Osbourne in the uh, with uh, Dirt about Motley Crue. He played Ozzy. Oh, that, that uh, Netflix movie, right? Yeah, which I did not recognize him in this. Um, but uh, wow, what a perform! Uh, just a really interesting character, which I think uh, really kind of plays this shadow character to um, Kelvin Gemstone, mm-hmm. his uh, best buddy, and who knows really what they really have. Good- it's almost like this forbidden love affair between these two guys. Right. Right. Yeah. And it's really neat to. Uh, yeah, I really enjoy the way that they play off of each other and the way that their their whole situation is uh, plays out. It, it's uh, really a different take on things, but my God, it's funny. I mean, there's there, go ahead, Sarah. I I love him. Like, I wish he was in more scenes, but it's probably good that he's only in a handful because then it just makes you want more. But oh, oh my yeah. God, just like his the way that he delivers is just so how do you how do you even say it like he's just so soft-spoken and it's so underwhelming but so hilarious too like it's got such a punch um like the <laughs> what was the scene where he's outside or walks outside and just has the shirt on and they're like oh. oh, i don't think that shirt's as long as you think it you know yeah. like but just like oh I'm sorry, you know, like not even a big deal. Um, oh my gosh, that guy is just—he's incredible, absolutely incredible. Yeah, I was really blown away by that guy. Yeah, I think the other, the other actor in this that uh, I was really surprised by and really liked how they shifted is um, Judy's fiance. I forget what his name is, but the dynamic in his character, how it pivots after they break up. <laughs> oh man in the uh yeah. and he like turns his head and shows the earring that he has like, <laughs> it's such I, a it's such a teenage boy awkward teenage <laughs> boy move like yeah check it out and he, and he oh it's just great 
Yeah. Oh my God. I mean, these guys do such a good job, I think, working together. It's really neat to see, you know, McBride and uh, Jody Hill and, and mm-hmm. David Gordon Green. And it's like you keep seeing these guys that you can tell that they, they really work well together. And it seems like they enjoy, they, I mean, they must, they must enjoy working together because it's almost like their own little, his own little team. It kind of reminds me of the new wave of, uh, it seemed like San, Adam Sandler did that with his whole crew for most of his career. But it's neat to see these guys pulling that off. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, and I, I think that's why I actually am feeling a little underwhelmed with it, because I just loved Vice Principals so much, Great show. Uh, which was another show, you know, Danny McBride and uh, Jody Hill and everything. Um, but yeah, even if when I think back to just the first season of Vice Principals and the way that that kind of left me versus the way that this one left me, it was definitely a different kind of uh, sensation. But, you know, I am a teacher, so maybe that's why I like the Vice Principals uh, show more sure. than I... Yeah. yeah. And don't get me wrong, I love Vice Principals. Um, yeah, that's, in the last couple of years, that was, that's definitely one of my top, you know, one of my top five favorite shows that, that, that has come out. Um, but th- th- this one, for me, this one's right up there, too. I, I just, I think the religious angle really... Uh, for whatever reason, that 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 kind of hooks me, probably because of, you know, uh, religion being such a uh, huge part of my upbringing, uh, growing up across the street from an Irish, you know, an Irish Catholic church, um, and it always being right in my face, and 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 even as a kid, you know, having questions but afraid to ask them because you know you see what happens to the people who ask the wrong questions. You don't want that. Uh, happening to you but but to see these guys dig into that and to bring it up with uh i mean these televangelists it's like those people just i don't know hey it it shocks me how much of a following these people really have because i mean even as a young kid i remember being like who's giving these guys money and then it's like i talked to my buddies and they're like oh my grandma just lost everything because she sent it over to swagger to jimmy swagger you're like what um but that was a common story back then but to see these guys really dig into that whole world, uh, I, I really got a kick out of it. I think that's why I identify with this one, too, because um, my community is very uh, mm-hmm. Christian reformed. And I mean, there's a church on every single corner here. So you can't live in this town without having some kind of connection with churches, whether you were brought up that way or it's just Jesus is everywhere, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And even though I didn't live through that with the televangelists, I mean, I know of some, like, I don't know, Joel Osteen is kind of in that realm. I kept on thinking of him, too. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. at least I can understand from that perspective. And to see, like, this dynamic of these characters and this living, like, a false Christian life um, and doing terrible things and then turning around and saying like, Oh, well, you know, I'm Christian, whatever. I think that that's what adds the humor to it for me is the part of organized religion that I'm not a super fan of. And I'm not bashing religion. Mm-hmm. Um, no, nor am I. But I the, the, yeah. I think it's, it's exactly that. Like Josh, you know, firsthand that school dynamic and I don't know it as well as you do, but I like vice principles, but I think that that's why I personally like this one better. I love, mm. yeah, that jab at, at uh, Well, you know what's really interesting with the uh, the whole religious aspect that you guys were talking about is that uh, you know th- there are going to be some some really 
faithful people out there who are kind of sensitive to these things and might not want to watch the show. But mm -hmm. what's interesting is that I think through the mistakes that all these characters are making, it's like, it's actually teaching Christian lessons. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's saying, don't do this stuff. And it, right. it's very, very interesting how they, they call specifically to a lot of the things, you know, I'm guessing the, the lessons from the Bible and everything like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, there, yeah, that's definitely, uh, yeah, a lot of the uh, symbolism and, and the, a lot of the, uh, some of the storylines and, and even some of the names definitely, uh, touch on some of these old scripture, um, these, these old, uh, scriptures from the Bible, but, um, it, it, it is, it, and just to kind of touch on again is that it was really, you know, back when I was a kid, it was really my first time questioning men of God was when, uh, I believe it was Baker first got caught with this, uh, this woman, Jessica Hahn, who was black, who I, I guess they said was blackmailing him because he had, she, he had already paid her off <laughs> to keep her mouth shut. But she came back out and um, she ended up going on to have this acting and modeling career where she was, you've probably seen her in things. She was a regular on Married with Children. She was on the Howard Stern show for years. She did a Playboy um, music video. She dated Sam Kinison for years. Like she, that was her breaking point was when she came out and accused him. It's like her career took off. And mm -hmm. it was... Um, but it was like this, you kept seeing these guys, you know, these, these televangelists take these big falls. And it was like, holy cow, like these are supposed to be the men of God, you mm -hmm. know, so self-proclaimed, you know. But it's like, man, everybody uh, has their has their dark secrets. That's for sure. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, you know, another thing that I was just thinking about of why I feel like I'm jamming on this show a little more than even in, uh, whether we're comparing it to Vice Principles or Eastbound and Down, I know is another big favorite, which I got to yeah. say, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not a super fan of that. I actually really don't like it. Yeah. I feel like Righteous Gemstones, um, the style of comedy in it, in the dialogue, I feel like is a little more obvious and a little more easy to digest. Like Vice Principles, I think, was a little more tongue-in-cheek and there was it was more buried. You know what I mean? What do you guys think about mm. that? The difference in comedy between um, this and Eastbound and Town or Vice Principles. What do you think? I I mean, I just think it's it's uh, each each of especially uh, Danny McBride's character in each one of these. These, the, I mean, he is very much the, in each one. He's this guy that people are supposed to look up to, but he is so flawed that it's just a, uh, you know, you really see all the flaws in these guys who, you know, I mean, just eastbound and down, you know, that's every, you know, 99% of the, uh, of, of most young boys, their dream is to be, to play in the major leagues. <clears throat> so this guy is already coming in as this, uh, you know, he's a failed hero, but he has this, uh, he has this chip on his shoulder and, to see him go through his uh, his, his his low point there, really, uh, yeah, you, I can't say you feel bad for him because he's such an asshole, but you, uh, you, it makes him more human. It makes these guys who you see on TV like, oh man, they're 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 actually human beings too. Same with, you know, you get into uh, vice principles. Um, again, guys that are supposed to be respected, but they have some real flaws. And then, of course, with this 
with uh, Righteous Gemstones, again, it's that, you know, his character, he, he plays a lot of the same type characters, just in different settings, in different scenarios. Mm-hmm. Very much uh, the same guy, but it, it works in each one of these series. Yeah. Josh, what do you think? What, what's your take on the humor in this versus other stuff? Uh, I mean, that's a good question. I, the thing is that I laughed a lot watching uh, Righteous Gemstones, but I, I don't know. I guess for me, the comedy from uh, Walter Goggins' character in Vice Principals and Danny McBride's character, the dynamic between those two, just I could not get enough of. I thought it was hysterical. Um, and I missed that kind of uh, dynamic in this show, but it's a different show, you know, so it's not like I went in expecting it, but just something that was that powerful and it was like funny and dramatic. And uh, I, I just thought it was maybe kind of clearer in, in a way, like, a, you know, I guess plot, maybe, maybe it's plot that I'm, I'm talking about, but that, you know, that's going off on a tangent now from the humor thing. But yeah, so I just, I really did miss that specific dynamic between uh, two characters like that. I wonder... Sorry, go ahead, Ren. I, I was going to say, these guys work so well together. It, it, it's, it's unbelievable how, you know, you, you get these guys, you know, on, on camera together, and it's just, it just seems like magic. You know, when you get McBride and you get uh, uh, Walton Goggins, it, it, it's like these guys just feed off of each other. Mm-hmm. And it, it's a really neat dynamic. And, I mean, there's times where I just look at the screen, and if I see those two, I start laughing without them even saying anything. Yeah. Especially with Walton Goggins. Oh my gosh. When he walked on, I'm like, oh yeah, this is about to get real good. That guy is brilliant. Yeah. He really is. As are many of the actors in this, but I mean, that guy just in the last, like, I mean, I guess I first kind of started tracking him on Justified, which he had, he played a, he played, he played a villain on Justified for years, but what he's done with these comedic roles. Wow. Mm-hmm. Really impressive. Well, I wonder, um, Josh, your point of with Vice Principals, it was Danny McBride and Walter Goggins working very closely together. Like the chemistry of the show was the two of them. What do you think if if we didn't have John Goodman's character in here, which I mean, I think he's all fine and well in the show, but I do sometimes wonder if they popped him in as like a big name to have on it, you know? Um, but what if John Goodman was not the lead in it and it was really Danny McBride with Walter Goggins, uh, in that, that the same dynamic of the show, but just dropping one of the characters. Do you think that that could help? Um, you know, I could see it shift that way, but I, I think that character that John Goodman plays, I feel like he really is kind of the heart of the show in yeah. a lot of ways. So I do like him there as a, an anchor for that, mm-hmm. uh, uh, my only problem was again the just like seeing or thinking that he was tired, you know, while acting. <laughs> but I thought the character, I thought that was really, really good to have that there. Mm. Um, the other dynamic with uh, with Goodman is if you didn't have Goodman's character there, the whole dynamic shifts with uh, with Goggins' character, Baby Billy. Because yeah. as I was saying, I was I was saying before, you you have to. It, it took me until I think the eighth or ninth episode to to really until it really hit. With Baby Billy's character, you you have to look at it like this guy grew up, and his whole world was him and his sister entertaining. It's like that's what his, his image was. My sister and I are going to be able to do this together forever. We are going to spread the word of God. 
this is how, you know this is this is our thing and mm -hmm. then eli gemstone sees what what a power force amy lee gemstone is and steals her from i mean pretty much steals everything that this guy baby billy cares about i mean just takes it away from him and inserts him into baby billy's spot and that's where baby billy's whole life falls off the rails it's after he's been stripped of everything by eli gemstone right. so so the so the animosity he has and I mean, you can see where he thinks he is right and he is justified in everything that he does because he feels like he has earned it and he feels entitled to it because he was stripped of it. Yeah, sorry, I got, sorry, I got, got a little intense about a comedy. There, but <laughs> but uh, I'm pissed, man. I'm, I am pissed. No. But I mean, you, you, you do kind of see it with uh, with that character. Yeah, he's he's a he's an absolute ass and it's really hard to take him serious. But deep down. I understand what that guy's what that guy's issue is with mm -hmm. the uh, gemstone family. Yeah. Well, I guess that brings me to the next point. Um, so we we have season one out, and that is dealing with the potential of blackmail, and now that is all wrapped up and it's good to go. So, what do we think is going to be happening in season two? What are your predictions for the storyline, Josh? Let's start with you. Ooh, well. I was reading about uh, John Goodman, or no, I'm sorry, not John Goodman, uh, about <clears throat> Danny McBride and what he had to say about the future of the show. And uh, he compared it to the Thornbirds, <laughs> yeah. um, which I didn't really know about before, but I, I looked it up. And uh, it's something like where it's this novel or set of stories or something where you track generations and generations of this family and it's like spread mm -hmm. out over a hundred years or something. And uh he was like, yeah, you know, we don't really have a, a master plan for this thing. This is what Danny McBride saying in the interview. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, it's, it's going to be like the Thornbirds. And, you know, we just want to uh, make a show that that works. So do you think that means like they'll kill off John Goodman and just go with the, the current adults? Or do you think we're going to be jumping ahead to like when Gideon is older and I think that there there definitely will be a time when John Goodman's character does die off, um, probably in a future season. I don't think this one for some reason, but I guess as a specific prediction, I'd say that when Danny McBride and and his son get back from uh, where did they go at the end of the, at the of the show again? Was uh, it Haiti? Yeah. Yeah, I they think, were Haiti. I think so. Okay. So yeah, like I feel like they'll get back from Haiti after maybe an episode or two, and I think uh, I think probably for the first half of the season, Dan McBride is still gonna try to win back his wife. Mm -hmm. I think he will win her back, and then probably mess it up somehow again. You bet, you bet. I would bet that Goodman dies this coming season. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just that's just my feel. Um, I think you'll get a, I think you'll get a couple more good episodes, but yeah. Um, I, again, I don't know how much. I'm sure Goodman likes doing this show, but that guy, that guy works, and mm -hmm. you know, and uh, on some big. Not to say this isn't a huge deal, but um, that guy's got a lot going on, and I think it would be tough to keep him on for, uh, you know, quite a few. And who knows? I think it would. I think the storyline works if he dies off, and these guys now have to. I mean, because really, he still takes care of them like he is the father. He still pretty much gives them an allowance. Mm -hmm. Pretty much has them living on his property. It's all revolves around him. He is like Josh said. He is this 
the cornerstone of the whole family. But um, I think it would be neat once he isn't there. Now let's see how these people eat each other alive. Right. Trying to divvy up what he's left for them. Yeah. And it might be a dynamic of who got what in the will and who's, who's being put in charge now and, and fighting over that. And let, yeah. me ask, let me ask you this. Who do you think his favorite is? I think I, I, I would say Jesse. Yeah, probably Jesse. I thought that, but I, for some reason, I think that deep down it's going to be Judy. I think that all, a lot of what he does is to protect her and doesn't want her to be out there on stage. I think it's to protect her. I don't think he said it. That's just a gut feeling, by the way. But I, um, That's an interesting viewpoint. I didn't think of yeah. it like that, but I, I like that, uh, that stance. But uh, who knows? I, I think that in this next season, she is going to be a heavy hitter and is going to take uh, more of a uh, front and center role uh, with some of this. I didn't think she was that. I, I didn't think she was that bad when she was performing with uh, Billy Baby. I got a kick out of those performances. No, they were good. Yeah, and I, you know what? I didn't realize. I actually looked up because I the 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 woman who played Amy Lee Gemstone. It kept bugging me. I'm like, who is that? And she she's a an actual country singer. She's one of the lead singers for a, a group called Sugarland. Oh, no wow! Kidding. And I uh, I did not realize that until I looked it up. But Jennifer Nettles, that's like her bread and butter is is, uh, is music. She, you could tell though she was really talented with 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 those numbers. Some of those numbers were, especially when they started doing the flashbacks, and the, it was really neat. Yeah, they're, they're really cool. cool you know, movie. you know what I think would be an interesting twist for a future season of this, and maybe it would be in the storyline of when John Goodman dies. But what if when he dies, there's something wrong with his will, in that it has to revert back to Amy Lee, mm. and maybe she did something like. Uh, gave rights to the gemstones church and whatever uh, to, yeah. ba- to baby Billy. And mm. what if he took control and he was, Oh, oh that would be really cool. Oh, oh, that would, yeah, that would be neat. Talk about a power yeah. shift. Yeah. I think yeah. that could be a solid amount of conflict for when John Goodman is gone. That would be so interesting. And that would, yeah, that would be uh, awesome for, you know, a season or more. Yeah, as far as the dynamic goes, well, right. it's because, because you also can tell that baby Billy is not going to handle any kind of authority with the same grace that that that, uh, that um, Eli Gemstone handles it. Right. Well, and clearly he's just after the money. You bet. Um, so then it'd be interesting to see which of the kids and maybe all of them together. Are they going to rise to the top and try to bring the gemstones back to what it should be, you know, about spreading the gospel and following yeah. in Eli's footsteps, or is it more money hungry? I think that's my prediction for a potential future mm-hmm. season. I think you that know, could be cool. You know, you know what else I'd be, um, I, I don't want to forget to mention this, but it, it is also really neat to see how these men of God also go out and, and even like, um, Oh God! What's uh? Is it uh? Mulroney, Mulroney. Uh, what's uh? The other Reverend? The guy's been in every. Uh, Dermot. Is that his name? Dermot I don't know. Mulroney. I always get it mixed up because of that Saturday Night Live sketch about Derbel McDillett. Oh, don't screw me up. Because <laughs> <laughs> it. I yeah. think it's Dermot Mulro- Mulroney, but when Derbel. you see that these guys, it's almost like territory wars between these these men of God, and it's really neat to see how. 
especially when he throws uh what does he throw through the window the potato yes the potato. <laughs> it's just like that's such a junior high move but it's like oh, no, yeah. these guys are not ashamed of resorting to old school tactics right and it's uh it's just really neat to see these guys who are, yeah, it, it almost reminds me of, uh, not to get off way off topic, but when, um, like the, uh, the, um, oh God, the Amish mafia, these guys who they go out with weapons and they control, you know, the, uh, the trade between the Amish and the non-Amish. It's like, these guys make sure that their people are not screwed with. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, it's another side to this that you don't always think about, but it does exist. It, it is absolutely there to protect, um, you know, to protect the cause and to make sure that people don't get, uh, screwed with. Um, uh, mm-hmm. but, but they did a really, uh, it, 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 you know, it's comical, but they also, uh, I think they, they touch on it just the right way, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well then why don't we bring it back to the tradition of, uh, if you love it or hate it, what do we watch next? Um, I'd recommend uh, another movie that Danny McBride and uh, Jody Hill made, uh, mm. Legacy of a White-Tailed Deer Hunter on oh, Netflix. Good. Came out uh, I think a year or two ago. Um, it's just a really, really solid movie, and you know it's it's kind of a similar tone to this mm-hmm. uh, show because again, you know I am a fan of the show. I just uh, like I do really, really like it, but because you guys love it so much. I have to, uh, I got to be the bad guy here and come up yeah. with all the, uh, the opposing yeah. points, you know, <laughs> to, uh, just talk it through and stuff. But, uh, yeah, legacy of a wait till deer hunter. Definitely sure. check it out. Mm, cool. Ryan, what would you say? Uh, I'm going to kind of stay in the same vein as Josh. I'm going to tell you to go back to these guys. First, the first thing they did together, um, the foot fist way is oh, a, yeah. uh, independent film that pretty much put those guys in the map at least it got the attention of uh will ferrell and uh adam mckay um that was kind of their jumping point and and when you go back and watch uh mcbride and you know what just to touch back on not to go without saying uh two people i wanted to first um the character levi in the band is jody hill mm-hmm. um who uh is a very integral part of this whole group but um, I thought he was hysterical in this show. But uh, and he also in the foot fist way plays like this kung fu master <laughs> that the uh, the protagonist kind of idolizes. But um, yeah, that's the one I would check out. Foot fist way. Um, cool. All right. Well, tune in next time um, to see what we fight over or what we all love. Thanks, guys. You bet. Thank you. Yep. See you guys. <laughs>